Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. It's been a long time since we just got to talk to each other face-to-face. Maybe we can use some bonding time. I missed you all. Uh, But it's going to be a mailbag show where I answer a bunch of your questions that you've already sent to me on Twitter. Also try to throw in some stuff that you have in the live show if it's relevant. I run out of stuff and I need some more stuff to fill out the time. Whatever that may be. I want to make sure I keep you guys engaged. Especially I'm by myself. I got no excuse. We're talking to each other. Uh, But first, before we get into the mailbag, we do have some news. Obviously, Patriot season. Not going too great right now. Sitting at 2-8, and eight, coming out of their bye week, not knowing who their starting quarterback is going to be. We actually got some news today out of Patriots practice. I was not actually in attendance. I had to go to the orthodontist. I just got feeling back in my face. Excited to be spending that time with you all. But we found out that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi alternated reps, and Trent Brown and Ty Montgomery actually came back. So first and foremost, we got to address the quarterback situation. Now, I'm on record as saying I didn't think that the Patriots should switch quarterbacks unless either Mac Jones' confidence was completely shot and they were worried about whether or not he'd even be able to function, or if Bill Belichick wanted to send a message to the locker room that his level of play and turning the ball over, putting your team in a bad position, simply wasn't going to be acceptable anymore. Now, it's completely possible that one or both of those things could be the case. We've seen it reported that Mac Jones is losing confidence in some parts of the locker room. Um, and as well, I think that it's also getting to a point where players are like, hey, if you're you know, going to be losing me games when I'm working my butt off, putting my body on the line to try to win these, then, you know, I'd like to see some kind of change. Now, my thing is, and this is my opinion, is probably going to be very different from what's going on in the locker room. I think we've passed the point where the Patriots should be trying to win games. That's not players' mentalities. Like these guys, again, they're putting their bodies on the line in these games. So they're not just going to go out there and play patty cake. Like they have to be physical. They have to be going 100%. Or they could get seriously hurt. So I still think they're going to try. But, I mean, that said, uh, Bailey Zappi, frankly, I just don't want to watch Bailey Zappi. I've seen quite a bit of Bailey Zappi. And unless he's taken a quantum leap um, in recent, uh, you know, over the past week or so, um, I'm not sure how much more you're going to get out of him. And that's not a surprise. Like there was the whole Mac Bailey Zappi debate last year. I did not take part in it. I didn't think it was legitimate because Zappi was drafted in the fourth round for a reason. The talent just isn't really there for a more upper echelon quarterback. He'd really have to rely on always making the right reads, always doing the right thing, and then getting the ball where it needs to be and putting guys in position to succeed. Now he did do that briefly last year. I'll give him credit for that, doing what he was asked. Uh, But Bill O'Brien's system isn't really that simple. There's more onus on the quarterback, as we see with Mac and all the pre-snap communication. I'm not sure how Bailey's going to handle that on a consistent basis. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It kind of worries me because I watched him in the summer during training camp, and that was a pretty significant issue. And it's not like Bailey's been great when he's you know been in relief duty. Now, to be fair, he hasn't been the focal point of the game plan. They're not tailored towards him. So, you know, it's not going to be a seamless transition when he goes in cold at the end of games, especially when Belichick throws him in on a game-winning drive situation. That was, I thought, really unfair. Uh, but still, I just don't know that you're getting anything out of Zappi. They already waived him, so we know they don't value him very highly. So you're not trying to see who's better for the team going into next season, which is where I think this team's head kind of needs to be at. It's really who's going to play hard for me. We'll get more into that a little later. Uh, but yeah, I, unless like people are really just exhausted with what Mac has been putting on the field, or you really are worried about his long-term 
you know, mental health as a quarterback, you know, could probably put that better. Um, but midseason, I thought it was kind of ridiculous to say, okay, let's take him out and let him get his headset because this is football. Uh, but now while looking ahead, maybe you're like, all right, next season, we don't want his confidence to be completely gone, even if we do bring in somebody to compete with him. So not so quick hitting news there. But also, you know, Ty Montgomery coming back is important for special teams. He doesn't have a huge offensive role. The bigger one is obviously Trent Brown. He's missed the past two games because he got rolled up on against the Bills. You saw his play dip the next week against Miami. And then, again, missed the last two games. Connor McDermott played over him. Was solid, but, you know, as Trent Brown, again, we'll get to this a little bit later, but he was the best player on the offense and not having him was a big difference maker. Um, but not only did he return, we actually had some clarification on his situation. So Mark Daniels had a couple of great reports today. The first, uh, Trent Brown said, I don't think it's coincidence that all season I've been the best on offense. And then when I'm not playing, that bullshit starts happening. So what bullshit was he talking about exactly? I'll pull it up on my screen right now. This is just the tweet from Mark. If you want to go read it in depth, that's all you. Uh, but yeah, he slammed the bullshit rhetoric about his absence in Germany because what we were told uh, was that he was habitually late, according to Albert Breer, uh, and that that was you know seen as a personal problem in the locker room, although we already knew he was dealing with the injuries because he got rolled up on in Buffalo. Uh, Trent Brown pushed back against that, said that that wasn't an issue for him. Uh, he, was, he said he'd never been late before. If he was, he's a grown man. He deserves to go to the bathroom. Phenomenal quote, by the way. Um, but I've been on record talking about Trent Brown's toughness. Um, people always act like he's someone who misses games all the time. This year, he we saw him get rolled up on. Like That was just a really unfortunate injury. A lot of people probably would have missed more time, but he's been fighting back, trying to get back on the field. Before that, he'd only missed a game with a concussion that season, which, again, that's just pretty much a mandatory you're missing at least one week. Um, and last season, he played every game. He even played through the flu. So I personally would love to see Trent Brown back next season. Where it gets complicated is, does he want to be back at all? Because it kind of seems like he's not too enthusiastic and isn't you know, dying to get back uh, to play with New England because the team hasn't been great the past couple of years. I don't know if that's why. I'm not reporting. I'm just saying it would make sense. Um, and maybe he wants to you know, close out his career with a contender. He's 30 years old. And also coming off these injuries, you don't know how they're going to affect him long term. He's a really good player, but if he's looking for like top tier money and you're a team that's trying to rebuild, maybe you have a good pick or you have enough money where you just go get somebody who's more affordable, who you can rely on maybe for longer or who doesn't have the significant injury history, maybe you do that. But I really like Trent. I think he's a great player. It seems like he's stepped up in the locker room as well as kind of a leader as they go through, you know, a lot of things this season. So um, it was nice to see that. You know, what kind of initially scared me with the report was that, okay, if it's an attitude thing, like this team has enough attitude issues, don't need another one. But that's just because that's something that's kind of uh, been present with Trent Brown throughout his career. There's always these murmurs about like, oh, there's something where it's attitude or whatever. But, you know, I don't necessarily buy into that. And uh, if the price is right, I'd like to have him back. But speaking of uh, players who, you know, had a bit of an attitude problem, we also got another great scoop from Mark Daniels on J.C. Jackson. Uh, the quote was that reality, the his um, not traveling to Germany was a reality check, he said. He realized he's not bigger than the team and he wants to finish his career here. Once again, I'll throw up a tweet. This is actually from Chris Mason, who got a good little quote block. I'll read the whole thing. Uh, JC Jackson said, reality check. I'm not bigger than the team. I'm not bigger than nobody in here. I want to be a part of the team. This is my team. This is home for me, man. This is where I want to be. I don't want to go nowhere else. I want to finish my career here. 
And then just so you can see it, here is Mark's actual article. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that says a lot. That's, I did not expect him to go that far. It kind of seemed like JC might've been on his way out, quite frankly, uh, heading into, I guess, this quote, because you had the benching because he reportedly didn't show up to the team hotel the day before the commander's game. Then he was left in the U.S. while they traveled to Germany. And Rappaport said that it was because they wanted to kind of give him time and see if, you know, he could be back in a better space once they returned and after the bye week. And it seems like their plan worked. Um, you know, JC hasn't lived up to the Mr. INT label. And it has to be addressed that, you know, the benching was not just because of his attitude. It was because of poor play. Um, I've tweeted about it, but I've seen like a missed uh, or a mistake in at least one game every uh, every contest he's been back with New England. And against the commanders alone, I spotted three. So he's not getting interceptions and he's not giving up explosive plays. Well, he is. He had the one, obviously, the really bad one with Marte Mapu where they busted a, a bracket coverage. Um, but in terms of just like one-on-one -on -one where you're expecting him to be competitive in those situations, like he's not giving those up. It's more mental lapses. So physically, I think he's not quite as fast as he used to be, but he's still competitive. He's just got to lock in and really, once again, buy into the system and start doing the things he needs to do on a down-to-down -down basis. Uh, but also, the turnovers haven't been there. You'd like to see that from a guy who's you know physically a bit limited. You don't like him going up against the really fast, quick receivers. You'd like him to be able to body guys up and be physical. So, hey, if J.C. Jackson's on board and he also shows improved play – then I'd be excited to see uh, what he has to offer. And, you know, he is the New England has the option to pick up his contract uh, next offseason. So we'll see what happens. Uh, he's someone that contractually could stay in New England. The cards are all there for that to happen. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not he can be someone they can rely on. And that cornerback room, the entire room, is not full of a lot of guys who you can rely on. You got Christian Gonzalez, fantastic player. Got an injury that took him out for the season uh, with the torn labrum. Marcus Jones also had a torn labrum. Second season-ending injury he's had. Jonathan Jones has been in and out of the lineup, and he usually doesn't even play the full game. Jack Jones no longer on the team. Sean Wade, decent player, but not someone that you'd like to see extensive starting snaps. And then Isaiah Bolden is on injured reserve. You're hoping he takes some kind of leap next year and can contribute outside of just special teams. But, you know... That's uh, it's just a position where you don't really know what you have for next season. Uh, but having JC, if he's locked in, would definitely help in terms of knowing uh, what's in the pantry. Before we get into the questions, though, we finish the quick hitting news real quick. I'm going to send it over to our friends at FanDuel. I'll be back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online, real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 
1-800-GAM-1234. All right. First question we're going to answer. I kind of got into this one a little bit already, but I'll just kind of fully address it um, as its own question. Mac might be broken beyond repair. That's fair. But I'm not convinced any of the other QBs in our roster give us a chance to win either. Uh, how do we handle the rest of the season? Yeah. Yeah, we're in a really weird place now where there's a lot of games left to play, but the Patriots are virtually eliminated from playoff contention. They don't have much to play for other than pride at this point. And uh, one thing about the Patriots is we can question how much pride they have on the outside and they're buying and everything. But when you talk to them, they're at least spouting the company line where it sounds like, especially for Matthew Slater, that, you know, guys are trying to live up to the standards of the organization and try to still play to a certain level um, and attempt to win games. You know, there is pride involved in this. And while there might eventually be players that are trying to preserve their bodies for next contracts, things like that, I still think there are a lot of guys who are trying to show that they are going to play hard in a bad situation. And those are the kind of players you want to bring back. So I don't think that you're like totally just a thrown this year in the garbage. I think you still have a lot of players who are extension candidates, who are free agents after this season. You need to see how much effort they're going to give you and whether or not they're people you want to bring back and start to rebuild this franchise around. When it comes to Mac Jones, I don't know that he's broken beyond repair. And I don't – here's the thing with Mac. Going back to the, the Colts game in Germany, outside of three terrible decisions in the red zone and then a couple others, you know, there was one bad decision I didn't like where he threw to Hunter Henry when the safety was staring right at him and could have checked it down. Uh, he also had an inaccurate throw to pop on a quick out, even though like DeForest Buckner won immediately against Cole Strange and was hugging him in less than two seconds. There were still plenty of fine plays. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that Mac is – you know, like a Josh Allen kind of guy where, yeah, he makes some bad mistakes, but also look at that. You know, you're not seeing that level of play. But at the same time, he's showing you that he's a competent NFL quarterback. It's just the, the two or three reps a game where you're like, good Lord, man. Like, you're, you're, you, or did you forget what team you play for? Um, and that's just being brutally honest because I've been someone who's tried to not defend Mac when it was not necessary, but I do think he's a solid player. Um, when you're not at this point in the season where, yeah, his confidence has clearly been affected. I'm not sure that he's broken because, again, he is still showing solid flashes. You know, the, the accuracy, if you look for it, it's there. Like, the downfield throws have kind of gone away. But when he gets the opportunity, they've been there that season, but the consistency has not been there. And I'm not going to defend Mac and say he should be the starter moving forward after this year. I think you have to get competition and you have to legitimately – Show him that the seat is hot. And really, I don't think you can even go into next season with uh, the idea that he will be your starter for the rest of the year. So, I, again, I think you see who's fighting hard for you. You can't just lay over and die, as we've heard from the players every single week. But at the same time, they're in a tough position um, where you really don't want to win games, but you do want to see uh, who's got that heart in a losing season. And, yeah, Mac. Look, I don't want to watch Bailey Zappi quarterback a professional football team. I think it will go disastrously. No offense to him, but that's what he's shown me, and that's all I have to go on. Uh, but I don't think Mac's given you much either. So, like I said earlier, if you're trying to send a signal to the team, if you really are worried about his confidence and you think that he, you know, might not be able to come back if he continues to struggle, then fine. But other than that, you know, I think you stick with him and see if he has something that you could build on. Um, to be kind of comfortable with him being maybe your backup, maybe your starter for the beginning of next season, whatever the case may be.
I'm not good at doing these mailbag questions quickly. I'm really not. I, I love to ramble. But hopefully it's at least entertaining whatever is coming out of my mouth. Um, I'll check the comments. How's everyone doing? Keeps thinking we're trying to win this season. We're not trying to win. Yeah, everybody. Okay, everybody knows that we're not trying to win. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. With the state of the rest of the NFL, do you think the Patriots have th- ha- have through their roster and coaching mismanagement spoiled perhaps their best chance to make a run at it for the next few years? I tweeted this question sent me to a dark place because yeah, I think it did. Um, now I will say that this is a season where. All the key offensive positions that you like to see the Patriots address are relatively packed. You know, you got good quarterbacks, you got good offensive linemen at the top, particularly a tackle, two generational prospects that are probably going to go off the board in the top five. And then you got a ton of really good receivers. Here's my thing. If they get a like a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels, it's still the draft. These are lottery picks. There's no, I'm, I'm not trying to discourage. I hope that these guys, you know, one of them gets picked and he works out. They're Penix. I know everybody likes Penix as well. Tons of options. That's the point. But man, this year feels wide open. The Patriots have already beat the Bills. They were close to tying it against the Dolphins on their last drive, but their offensive line collapsed around Mac Jones and they couldn't. And then, you know, they just really killed themselves against the Dolphins. That was the first loss where you're like, all right, yeah, it's probably tankathon time. Um, but they were in it until they just squandered it on their own. Uh, on offense and defense was extremely disappointing. And then you got other teams like the Bengals, obviously, unfortunately lost Joe Burrow. I don't think they were I – mean, I'm thinking of the AFC here. I don't think they would have gotten past the Ravens. I think the run defense has been fantastic this year, but they haven't really been tested with a Lamar-type talent. Uh, so I – Jalen Hurts, obviously – is very, very good. But Lamar Jackson's different, and he tends to kill them on the ground whenever they face off. And that team is just really talented as well on both sides of the ball. So the Ravens are a tough out. Uh, But the Chiefs, because of their wide receiver position, kind of like the Patriots, uh, they look vulnerable. Their defense is fantastic. Patrick Mahomes is obviously great. Didn't have a great game from Travis Kelsey. He's still a Hall of Fame player. We're not going to act like Travis Kelsey's bad because he had one bad game. But I think it's fair to say that, yeah, I mean, I think they could still probably compete with the Chiefs. We'll see in a few weeks, but uh, that defense is really tough. But Belichick usually has good schemes against Patrick Mahomes. A fun fact I love to throw out there anytime it's a Mahomes, Belichick, you know, they're in the same breath, is that Patrick Mahomes has not thrown a touchdown in one half of every game that he's played in his career against Bill Belichick, uh, which I think is very telling just in terms of Bill's familiarity with Mahomes. Although I think Patrick has grown significantly since they last faced off. But still, the receivers are the problem there. You're not beating Mahomes. You beat the receivers. Um, but yeah, I think there were opportunities for them to really make a run. Now that said, it is kind of nice that we can refresh a bit. Uh, most likely can refresh a bit because they're most likely going to have one of the top picks. Um, and while it would have been nice if you know Mac Jones had a good season, everybody stays healthy, and you have a stable team heading into 2024, and you know maybe they do make that playoff push, I still think that you know it's probably best that you just clean house uh, as much as instant gratification. I love me some instant gratification. Get ADHD; it's like my entire thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's probably just better that you eat it this season and then you start anew. Uh, with you know whoever is that coach or GM or whatever, and uh, and you just start a new cycle of New England Patriots football. Speaking of who's going to be running the team, another really good question. 
What are your thoughts on Mayo being the next head coach if the Patriots move on from Belichick? In my opinion, they need new ideas and schemes in the building. And doesn't hiring Mayo give you the same problem we currently have? So the problem you currently have is your offense. And more specifically, your offensive personnel. The defense has not been great. But you're not going to convince me that having Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon, a relatively healthy Jonathan Jones doesn't sit, even Daniel Lekwale, I'm not saying he's the needle mover, but man, he's a really good rotational player for you. And he's been missing and it's shown in their pass rush because on the interior, really on the defensive line, they don't have many consistent pass rushing presences outside of Barmore. Um, Uche hasn't been the same since his foot injury. So, you know, he's not someone you can really count on right now. Hopefully he starts to, you know, feel better and improve. But Ekwale, man. All right, I'm going on the Daniel Ekwale train. But yeah, I think their losses have been significant. The defense isn't the problem. In fact, I think the defense has been one of the few reasons this team has been competitive recently. Special teams haven't been good the past couple of years. Offense hasn't been good the past couple of years. The defense, 2021, obviously they were pretty good, ran into a buzzsaw against the Bills and just got played way off the field. Uh, but they've been pretty good for the past two years. They've had their lapses, not perfect, but good. So I think that honestly keeping what the Patriots have defensively, I'd love to see the staff stay on defense. You know, maybe not – Bill Belichick, as much as it pains me to say, but that's just, you know, what the season's been. I do think you kind of need a fresh start in some capacity. Even if Belichick stays, I think defensively you're in a pretty good spot overall. I really like that coaching staff. they got a lot of guys on that coaching staff who people are going to be interviewing uh, potentially uh, for coaching candidates, uh, most specifically to Marcus Covington, the defensive line coach. But offense is your problem. I don't even think it's Bill O'Brien. I honestly would love to see Bill O'Brien stick around and help uh, uh, develop a young quarterback. So we've seen him do it before. I think that he's a guy that you really want to hang on to. The scheme hasn't been perfect. There's been spacing issues, maybe some questions about what he's trying to do. He's modernizing the offense, but sometimes you see things and you're like, I don't really know what the purpose is or why you're doing that. Um, he is a very deliberate coach, but you know, I think he could better utilize some things, like how he's trying to use the Miami motion where they go across and they go up. Nothing really has come of it, even though they do it every week. Um, but the pieces are the problem. You have a quarterback who's turning it over consistently. You have wide receivers and receivers in general who aren't consistently coming down with the football, especially in critical moments. Uh, and then the offensive line has just been beaten to shreds this season. You got glimmers of hope with City So and Mike and Winnie on the right side. That looks like a group that if Mike and Winnie was re-signed, uh, hopefully is a side that you can count on for the foreseeable future. David Andrews has been doing his best in the middle. Uh, you know, he gives up a couple rough pressures a game, but he's been one of the best run blockers, and he's David Andrews. Cole Strange has been hurt, and I, you know, I've had a couple conversations with him, and it's just it cannot be overstated how missing an entire training camp as a second-year player, impacts you. Because there's so many physical reps, especially because he put on weight. So he was still getting used to a new body, seeing what he can do, what his strengths and weaknesses are in this current frame, as well as having to improve after not playing every game last season. Um, and unfortunately, it, you know, we haven't seen consistently good play from him. He said last week that he thought he, he kind of got whooped by DeForest Buckner a few times. He said the issues were more physical with his feet and things that he could uh, fix. And they weren't really mental. Now, what I was really worried about was when Cole was giving up blitzes and stunts. Like, that's the stuff that worries me because, you know, if you're consistently making the mental mistakes, then it just kind of deteriorates from there. And then it becomes physical and then you unravel. If it's just physical things, then okay, you improve that. 
with more technique, more reps and, you know, experience. Hopefully he gets better, but the jury's still out. And I don't think you could, he hasn't lived up to that first round billing. And I don't think you could rely on him one-on-one against good defensive tackles. Really nervous about what's going to happen to him against Dexter Lawrence uh, this weekend. We'll see. And then left tackle. You got to address left tackle, but they have the capital to do it. That doesn't worry me. Um, So long way to answer this question. I told you I'm not good at answering these quickly. Um, But I think Mayo is someone who can help maintain a lot of the culture that made the Patriots such – have continuously made the Patriots a competitive team. Like, yeah, they're losing a lot, but they're also in almost every single one of these games. And, again, the defense is a big reason why because your special teams and offense – aren't doing you a whole lot of favors. Um, So keep those guys around. I think the changes need to be in the front office. I think you need – that's where the new vision and you need some fresh eyes because just look at the draft history. I think this year is probably going to be better than other years, but you can't really advocate for the Patriots. Yeah, they've gotten some later round gems, but they've squandered a lot of early picks. And that's why you're in the position you're in now where you have to spend a ton of capital to fix a ton of key positions. And you've still got some holes that are going to need to be addressed. Like, I I think this is going to be a much more competitive team with the right moves next season. I think they could even, you know, fight for a playoff spot because again, they're in all these games, except for Dallas and the saints, every other game, you know, in the fourth quarter, they had a shot at winning, Uh, but they haven't had the firepower or the discipline to win these games consistently. So yeah. Get more talent um, and maybe, you know, get rid of some of the players on the team this year who aren't really doing you a lot of favors in terms of the locker room and the buy-in and things like that. I don't know who specifically that is, but the reports are out there. So, you know, restart the culture a little bit and uh, and get some new blood flowing there. Before I move on, get some more of your questions. I'm going to send it over to our friends at SeatGeek. Be right back. As a self-proclaimed Swifty, I have been dying to see Taylor Swift perform in person, but I'm going to have to do so at a reasonable price once the season's over. And to find the best deal on Taylor Swift tickets, I use today's sponsor, SeatGeek. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticket app. There's more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. I actually used SeatGeek last year to see a Clippers game with my girlfriend. And with the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons in full swing and the NBA starting soon, you don't want to miss out. And SeatGeek has your tickets to every single game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour right now. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. And you know I came through for you guys. Use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Another question about the Patriots coaching situation. Hi, Taylor. Hi, hard journalist. Uh, do you think Josh McDaniels will return to the Pats? And do you think he would help the offense even with Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator? So it's a weird situation there because we did see Josh McDaniels rejoin the staff when Bill O'Brien was in charge back in 2011. Uh, the Rams cleaned house. Josh McDaniels hopped back to New England, but that was a slightly different situation. Well, not slightly, significantly different situation because Bill O'Brien was already expected to leave as he would take the Penn State job after that season. And then Josh McDaniels kind of helped with the playoffs as they prepared for, you know, they ended up going to the Super Bowl that year and losing to the Giants. But Josh McDaniels helped with a lot of that preparation. It's been a long time since then. These guys have done a lot, uh, had a lot of leadership roles. Um, 
So I'm not sure if they would work on the same staff. I didn't really take that into consideration as much when the news first broke. Maybe that was, you know, just getting excited at the possibilities uh, when they were at a kind of a, not a turning point, but, you know, at kind of the uh, uh, a, a weird part of their season, weird part of their season. Um, if Bill O'Brien left, however, and did take a head coaching job back in college, I'd like to see Josh McDaniels come back because he understands the culture. He wouldn't be in charge, which is the biggest thing. Uh, I would assume Gerard Mayo would be the head honcho. And we've already seen that Josh McDaniels can do a pretty bang up job with a young quarterback uh, as Mac Jones was a Pro Bowl alternate his rookie year. Now, I will say, if they were to go get someone like a Jaden Daniels or or somebody that you see as more of a rushing threat who could utilize and you know more mobile packages or somebody who thrives on RPOs, that would concern me because we haven't seen Josh lean into more modern types of NFL concepts. It's really the classic stuff where it's a lot of under center, a lot of play action, not a ton of motion or necessarily a lot of exotic motion, and not a lot of RPOs. Uh, even when he had Cam Newton, you know that's when you saw. To be fair to him. He unleashed the playbook in terms of all the run concepts. Although I think some of that was out of desperation because as a thrower, Cam was kind of cooked at that point. Um, but uh, the RPOs, we didn't see a whole lot of. We didn't see them with Mac Jones, even though he was great with them in college. Um, so, yeah, I uh, it would be interesting. I, I still think as a quarterback whisperer, I think he's one of the better ones in the league when he's in a system where, again, he isn't in charge. Um but yeah, I, I think that one of them could work at the top. I'm not sure that either one of them, I'm not sure how happy either one of them would be um, if they were making decisions together. All right. Do the Patriots have enough to have a good offensive line for next year or do they need another piece in the offseason? I like this question. I love an offensive line question. So left tackle, like I said, if Trent Brown comes back at the right price, sure, I I do think that he, I mean, whether, whether it's for money, his teammates, I don't care what the reason is. The guy tries his best to get on the field from anything I've seen or heard in the past couple of years. Um, and he's a really good player when he is on the field. So I would say bring Trent Brown back at a reasonable price. Uh, left guard, Cole Strange. I would like to see the Patriots get a veteran swing option who could be a quality starter at left guard, like somebody who is unspectacular, but you're not going to hear their name called a lot because the thing with Cole is he's good run blocker. He has good moments in pass protection, but the consistency isn't there. And sometimes the losses are bad. It's one thing if, you know, you're getting pushed back and you're trying to re-anchor and you're resetting your feet. And after, you know, your third or fourth reset, eventually you get walked into the quarterback but it's another, it's another thing when you end up on the ground or you get caught lunging or you get walked back and it's like, whoa, 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 you know, when you completely are out of control. And those are the things about Cole that scare me right now. So I'd like to see like a Ted Karras where he wasn't somebody that made a lot of egregious mistakes. He wasn't like bulldozing in the run game and he wasn't just locking down the best uh, defensive tackles or anything like that. But he was solid and you didn't really have to worry about him. So I'd like to see some kind of an insurance policy almost at the left guard spot, especially because City So is probably going to be your right guard. He's doing pretty well. Last week, gave up a sack, you know, a few pressures. It was his worst game as a pass protector since the season opener. But he'd been great as a pass protector in the games before that at right guard uh, when he was in the lineup originally for Mike and Wenu, then just became a, main, a mainstay at the spot. Uh, but still, like having that veteran presence who you're like, all right, just in case this guy has a slump, we can put them in there. I think that would be best. Um, David Andrews, 
I'm assuming he'll be back because he hasn't hinted that he wants to retire and he's still under contract for another couple of years. If he ends up retiring, obviously you got a hole there. Is Jake Andrews going to fill it? I don't know. We haven't seen a lot of Jake Andrews against, you know, good players. I'd love to see Cole Strange move over to center. Um, but it's not a position he's super familiar with, so that's more of a projection than anything else. And then, obviously, you got Antonio Mafia, who they drafted this year. They tried very hard to make him the top backup, specifically at left guard. Did not work. He is PFF's lowest-graded offensive lineman. Um, like, I don't even think you need a qualifier. I like Mafia, but he his play really started to decline. There were physical mistakes. There were a lot of mental mistakes. And he just kind of looks slow out there, to be totally honest. So I, I hope that he can get it together and maybe they can have an interior where it's City, Mafia, and Cole Strange. That is like my fantasy as long as it's, you know, all those players can play well in those roles. I think they'd be a really interesting combination. Um, but yeah, if David Andrews leaves, then it creates a lot of questions. Uh, and then right tackle, I think keeping one new. You need guys who are playing well for you right now, who are fighting hard, and who have played well for you that you drafted. They Zach Collick did a great job breaking down in a tweet a couple weeks ago uh, how the Patriots don't tend to re-sign their high draft picks, and uh, and when they the players that they've re-signed are typically in the middle to late rounds. Mike and Wendy obviously is a late round guy, but uh, he's not going to buck that trend. But he's been playing good football for you, and I think he deserves to get some money and for you to show the locker room that if you you know. Not only that, he's been crazy versatile. He's played tackle. He's played both guard spots. He's played uh, tight end in heavy sets when they had actual offensive line depth. I mean, I don't know what else you want from the guy. The only knock is the ankle injury, which is the first major injury that he's had in the NFL. So I don't see a reason why you don't re-sign Mike and you sign him to a contract like the Packers Elton Jenkins, where the base is as a guard, is like one of the best guards in the league. And then you also add incentives uh, if he makes the Pro Bowl or All-Pro as a tackle to give him some flexibility in case you decide that you want to kind of mess around with his uh, position again, because he's just been great for you. And uh, I think that you need to reward him for what he's done. So yeah, I left tackle is the most glaring need. I think that's like court. It's quarterback is one, a receivers one B and tackle is one C. Yeah. I almost said one three, my bad. Um, but yeah, I, I, those are obviously top needs for you, but you know, you have Trent Brown as an option, but if not, maybe like a Jonah Williams, or you'd have your top three pick and uh, the quarterbacks are off the board or Marvin Harrison's off the board and you don't love your quarterback options. You go with Joe Alter, Olufashanu, or one of those guys who, you know, instant plug and play. They're going to be one of the better tackles in the league. All right. Next question. With Tom Brady no longer on the Patriots and the probability of playing for the Super Bowl being very low, how much of a market value will the Patriots have to pay to entice free agents to play in Foxborough? I think we were kind of already there. I think there's still going to be – well, that's assuming that Belichick leaves. I think there are still some players who would want to play for Belichick um, because obviously the record hasn't been great the past couple of years, but – players constantly rave about Belichick and how he brings out the best in them, how much smarter they are working under him. Uh, but I, I'm assuming you're talking about offense. Um, but yeah, I think now you're one of those teams that has to throw a bag at players to get them excited because you don't have a lot of credibility in terms of if you come here, you're going to play for championships. Get players to come for money. Players like money. Uh, so yeah, I, I think above market value. I mean, the market is what it is. I think that if it's, uh, if it's you know, if you got to get into a bidding war, this is one of my kind of keys for the offseason. Not for anybody. Like, I'm not saying, like, what, what the right tackle situation this offseason was a perfect example. I didn't think there was anybody in that group that deserved 
the kind of money that they got. I thought they were a bunch of solid players who, you know, were okay in their systems, but weren't really worth throwing a bag at necessarily. But if you're a team, a team with a lot of money and a lot of draft capital and, you know, you can kind of navigate and don't have a ton of holes, Patriots are not one of these teams. Uh, but sometimes you can kind of get away with just throwing a lot of money at someone. Now, if it's a receiver like a T. Higgins, although his injury situation this season kind of scares me a bit, but if it's somebody like him or a Michael Pittman, where they can legitimately elevate your franchise like instantly and you know what they are. Not like a Juju Smith-Schuster where he's injured and you're kind of banking on what he might be. Not like a Nelson Aguilar where he's had one really good year, but the rest of his career has been eh. Like, no, throw money at someone with multiple years of proven high-quality production where in a year or two when that contract looks outdated, it's fine. That's the thing. These contracts always get more expensive. The only time you overpay for a player is the player is not good. <laughs> if it's, you know, if, if you're paying a lot of money for good players, that's fine. If you pay a lot of money for a decent player or a, a, a pretty good player, that's where you run into problems because that's a bad contract that you're going to have to try to wiggle your way out of afterwards. Um, but yeah, the Patriots are probably going to have to pay a, a nice chunk of change if they want a difference-making player on offense um, who's going to want attention elsewhere or going to have um, interest elsewhere. And that's just what you got to do. I think it's something the Patriots have been hesitant to do for a while. They went on their little spending spree, but the spending spree is what you don't want to do. Like what they did in 2021, where you throw money at Hunter Henry, who I was excited about at the time, but wasn't the same kind of player and obviously got banged up, which hurt. Or like a Johnny Smith, where he's the kind of player where he had like a good season. But when you really look closer, you're like, ah, He's more opportunistic than he is a difference maker, although he had some highlight plays as well. But it wasn't there to the degree where you could instantly project that he was going to be a number one tight end who is a big difference maker for you. Um, so don't do what you did in 2021. Like, you know, you can have your smart Patriots value uh, pickups where you don't overpay for a guy who's going to have a defined role and be a fan favorite, like a Jelani Tavai maybe. Uh, but yeah, I... You're going to have to throw money at somebody and just make sure that that money is well spent. That's the biggest thing. It's the only time it really becomes concerned. Do you think trading back and getting more prices, but getting more picks, but staying in the top 10 is better or sit and pick at three or four? This is an interesting one. I haven't, and I've had a disclaimer, I feel like in every show, I haven't gone through these draft prospects much at all, but definitely not close enough to be like, all right, if you're top three, get that, that, that. If it's top 12, get that, that, that. Like, I don't know all that. I'm like, it's top five. And then I'm not really totally sure. And I don't know where these guys are going to land. Uh, draft stocks can also change. Uh, like Jaden Daniels is someone who I really think is going to get a lot more popular as the season uh, goes, or I'm sorry, yeah, I, I think he's going to just get a lot more popular and his stock is going to rise a little bit because I don't, I think his progression is kind of like a Jalen Hurts where you see significant progress year to year, which is what teams want to see. Like if you can make a jump, then they think you can make a bigger jump with NFL coaches. Um, I digress. I think if you believe you can get a quarterback like later in the top 10, maybe like in the 15-ish range, because there's, you know, if you if you don't have a tackle, then I feel like, all right, you can kind of pass on a receiver and a quarterback, but a rare tackle, you're not finding those and you're not getting them outside of the top five or top ten, like ever, um, unless they have a significant red flag. However, there are quarterbacks who are probably going to fall out of the top ten. And there's also really good receivers who are going to fall out of the top ten. So I think if that's the kind of situation where you think you can get a receiver and a quarterback a little bit later and you're 
relatively set at tackle, then I think, yeah, because this team, as I've said, needs a lot of players. They they don't have a ton of blue chips you could point to and be like, that's a guy that people have the game plan for that I'm worried about. I thought they could get away with just having a bunch of good players who weren't blue chips, but were, you know, did their jobs. And obviously that didn't work out too well. So um, I don't hate the idea of trading back if you've got like a top five pick and you don't really know what to do with it or, you know, the elite elite prospects that you wanted are off your board. Um, because then you can maybe get a couple positions of need with top like 50, top um, 32 picks, depending on how you move around the board. But I like it. I like the idea of getting, you know, at least four, maybe five players in the top 100. If they have a top three pick, they'll have about four choices in the top 100. And that could be more um, if they are able to finagle the board a little bit. But yeah, I think it's an interesting option. All right, last one from the actual mailbag. If anybody has any other questions they'd like me to answer before I head out of here, feel free to throw them in. I will try to get to them before I bounce. Which Thanksgiving Day game are you most excited to watch? It's got to be, got to be 49ers Seahawks. One of the more entertaining, like consistently entertaining rivalries, I think, in football. Uh, plus, I love Geno Smith. Uh, Seahawks, super talented. They're competitive. Obviously, great receivers, good defense. And the 49ers are the 49ers. And they're always a good time to watch. Even, you know, and then when they're playing badly, it's fun to watch because it's like you're watching the king fall for a night or whatever. And, you know, I'm a sicko, so I like a little bit of that. But, yeah. Also throw in the comments if you want. Which games are you looking forward to? I feel like this slate isn't great. I think that, uh, what is it, Lions-Packers? Let me make sure. Lions-Packers. That has some potential. Jordan Love just had himself a good game um, in the Lions. Bringing the roar back in Detroit. They've been really fun to watch. Ben Johnson, the Patriots don't have an offensive coordinator next year. Top of the list. That's the kind of guy where the toughness that the Lions have – uh, now the winning culture that they are currently instilling um, and just the way they go about their business. I really, really love it. I enjoy watching Lions football. I think that they are pretty much what the Patriots want to be and what they've tried to become um, in a lot of ways and just the pieces haven't been there. I mean, obviously you got to build a team around if you get Ben Johnson, uh, but I digress. Yeah, so I think that'll be um, – it has the potential to be a fun game. We'll see what actually happens. I also don't know how much I trust the Packers' defense to keep it super competitive, but we'll see. And then Commanders-Cowboys. Potential. That actually is another one that has that has potential. So Sam Howell, I've been saying, like, dude, dude can ball. I think, I think Patriots fans don't need to be convinced anymore because he had – first it was a throw across his body, which, you know, wasn't the smartest thing in the world, but it was impressive. And he had, like, three or four throws in that game where – I'm watching it and I'm like, I can't really be mean to the defense. It's, that was a really impressive play and there's only so much you can do. Um, so yeah, I think Sam Howell might be able to keep it competitive, uh, but that commander's defensing it. Like Dak is on fire right now. And that commander's defense has been booty. I watched the Giants offense against them and, you know, Brian Dable did his thing. He schemed him up pretty nicely. Uh, but at the same time, like, woof, there were some real unimpressive plays um, in coverage for the commanders. Like, yeah, the, the pass rush thing is what it is. Obviously, they're not really trying to win games or anything like that. But they're also a competitive team. But some of the mistakes that defense was making were really, really bad. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know if they'll be able to keep competitive, but it's a solid slate of games. I think that, you know, Jordan Love and Sam Howell do their thing. If the defenses, you know, don't get run out of the building, 
I think we can have a good slate of games. But I feel like Seahawks 49ers. Like, you can't go wrong with that one. I'm going to go through comments, fork it out of here. Trade up necessary. You're awesome. Oh, thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Uh, Super Potato Pie overrated. Fair point. Sam Howell's overrated. This, he scores more points for the Giants than he did, the Giants did. Eh, that's fair. That's fair as well. I'm not going to lie to you. But, you know, he's fun at least. When he does bad things, it's kind of that Carson Wentz where it's like a car accident, where it's like it's awful, but I can't stop watching. Um, but, yeah, good slate of Thanksgiving games. I'm out of stuff. Uh, I don't see any more questions in here, so I'm going to head out. But thank you all so much for keeping me company. It was good catching up. We should do this again soon. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Make sure to lock, keep it locked in on CLNS Media. Follow me at, at tkyles39 on Twitter. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again, everybody. Awesome.